Welcome to A Higher Branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Okay, so we're in the Higher Branch studios uh, today and uh, we have with us um, Tom Sullivan, our meditation coach and faculty member as well. So it's a great pleasure to be here today. Yes, uh, really good to see you, mate. I was uh, watching the video from the Upgrade Your Life event um, last night uh, because I knew, uh, you know, we were going to do this podcast this morning and I thought I just want to get, you know, that... that, um, that sense of clarity you created in the room, it was just magical when you have 214 people doing meditation at the same time. I've never experienced that and mm. it was quite surreal. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so what, what is it about, uh, before we, we uh, uh, talk about meditation um, and uh, give every, all our listeners just uh, the context of why we're here today, and it, it's very exciting why we're here today. I'm really looking forward. This is probably one of the most amazing podcasts that, uh, that uh, I'm looking forward to, to having because meditation has had a huge impact on me as a human being. I'm uh, 55 this year, mm. and I tell you, I'm sharper, faster uh, uh, as a thinker yeah. than ever before, and I attribute it in major part to meditation. But before we get into meditation, I want to do a deep dive. Is What is it about group meditation that made it so special at Upgrade Your Life? Well, I guess it's, you know, the difference of hearing somebody sing and hearing a choir sing, you know, that that experience that you have, that feeling, that emotion, you know, and I think it's that we are, we're energetic beings, right? Yeah. You know, we, we do operate on a, on a level of energy. I think that's pretty much undeniable. And, you know, if you can bring people to the same energy, it just multiplies and, and you know, it becomes really palpable as as you said you know that was it was quite amazing and it's sort of that level of uh stillness and sameness that we can that we can do for each other and sort of experience this is i love my job you know because i get to do that not at that same level that's the most people that i've ever you know yes done that with now, I want to do. I, I, I do want to talk about your job because it's quite your um, your journey has been uh, fascinating. <laughs> but uh, I, I really love that analogy. It's like singing alone or singing in a choir, and that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because everyone in that room is completely present. Yeah. And we all felt it. It was it was a religious experience almost <laughs> for me. And I spoke to a few people who who said the same thing. But why meditate in the first place? Why should mm. I spend you know ten to twenty minutes of my morning and ten mm. to 20, 20 minutes of my evening? On an activity, why? Why should yeah. I do that? Because you know, I've got to pack lunch. I've got to drive the kids to mm. school. I've got meetings to go to. So, can you give us an insight? Because you've been in a corporate world, yeah, right. You know the challenges, mm. right? So, why? First, I guess, why should we meditate? And then we'll get into the meditation yeah. practices. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think that um, you know, importantly, I think it's 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 important to frame the practice as well, and I think that. You know, we we dismiss the fact that, you know, we think that, of course, our problems are different, right? You know, our, our problems are different in the modern world, but they're not necessarily more or less energy sapping than they have always been in human life, right? We're not really an authority yep. to, to actually sort of, you know, really think about that, you know, because ultimately, regardless of whether it is, is it, however many, two and a half thousand years ago when the Buddha's, Buddha comes around and goes, all is suffering. You know, he spends his whole life noticing that everyone dies, everyone goes through all these troubles and all that sort of thing. So the human experience is not ultimately that that different. Okay. So yep. just different yeah. Yeah. Dramas, I guess. Yeah, different challenges. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah different yep. stage. But you know, like the, essentially, you know, we're still you know, we're still reacting the same way in a in a physical and an emotional way, um, you know, than we yes. have, right? You know, it's just our environment's different. But you know that's why that's the same thing that we're we're all the same sort of thing. You know we're we're essentially we're we're, we're having this human experiment, you know experience. Yeah, or but experience. there is a perception that stress is more you know uh, pronounced these days than it was the old days. But well, I mean you know what? But what is your stress? You know the stress yeah. of oh shit, I need to feed. I need to make sure that I have food. 
right? You know, there, you could argue <laughs> that that is a bigger stress. that is a bigger stress, right? Bigger stress, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we, we need to frame it in, in that sense and go, you know, and this is why I love, I love what, you know, I love what you're doing, what we're doing at a higher branch, right? Is that we're yes. we're building we're building a system for life, and you know, in modern terms, um, I think I'm lucky because I've I've learned, I've spent a lot of time immersing myself in the practice of yoga and the practice of, of Buddhism, right? And they're two, and they are doing the same thing that you, that, that higher branch is doing, right? They're creating yeah. systems for life. They're creating systems to navigate through life. So it's not, obviously, it's not a coincidence that we're here talking about meditation, whereas meditation underpinned everything that, that has to do with yoga. Meditation underpins everything that has to do with Buddhism yes. as well. Yes, yep. So... You know, we we do these things because we we spend most of our time in our minds, and if we don't train our minds, then we leave it up to chance, right? We we just let it run wild. It turns into a monkey brain, as they call it. Exactly. Just, yeah. So when Buddhism, yeah. when they say when you first go inwards, they say you'll recognize you have a monkey mind, right? You know, this crazy monkey that's boing 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 all over here. Yes. You know, you can't control it. It makes no sense. And why is that such a bad thing for people? In the corporate world, executives like myself sitting behind a desk, a lawyer, a banker, you know, an accountant, a business owner. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 take a look at our lives and we think, you know, the the one of the core one of the core things with meditation is is focus and concentration. So, you know, I'm sure that you know, one thing I talk about a lot with my corporate clients is this busyness. You know, it's almost like, and I, I, I think the, the framing's coming around a little bit now, but people are like, oh, I'm so busy. You know, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I'm running off, I'm, I'm checking emails, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a meeting. Yeah, it pisses me off. Sitting in meetings and people are checking emails, you know. You know, you're supposed to present in front of people and, they, and they're not giving your attention, right? You know, it's sort of like, how busy are you that you can't sit down for 15 minutes and engage in a meeting. Don't don't be in the room if you if you're going to be like that, right? So I've been in those meetings, yeah. and it's annoying because you disconnect from that person's energy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that that's what we're practicing to do. Is to so ultimately the practice for those who don't know, it's it's whatever we're doing in the practice of meditation, we're concentrating on one thing. That's really what we're doing. We're doing our best to concentrate on one thing, and the first thing that happens is that our mind comes, our thoughts get in the road. Yes. Right. So you know, as soon as we start to concentrate on one thing, whether it be the breath, you know, so we, and then we're like, oh, well, I've got to go and send this email, and blah 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 blah. Right. You know, and so it's going to yeah. height. It's going to heighten <laughs> that for you. But guess what? This happens all the time. You know. Yes. So this is happening all the time. It's not just happening when you're trying to go inward. It's the only thing is, is that we're turning the spotlight from out to in, and we're realizing actually what's going on. So it gives us a chance to actually assess. Shit, my mind is all over the place. Right. And Absolutely, and it tends to be magnified when you are trying to meditate. Now, early on, when I first started, yeah, sitting there actually brought everything to the yeah. surface, and I felt the need. Well, I can't sit here; I've got all this stuff to do, and yeah. that would just after five minutes, I would abandon. I've seen it. people run out, run out of my classes. You know, like they'll finish, <laughs> as soon as I finish, they're like, oh, I'm out," because it freaks them out. You know, it freaks them out because they're like, holy shit. Like, you know, and then they go, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. But they don't yeah. realize that it's going on. I'm laughing because I've had those moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, the I need s- to do rather than sit. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly, exactly. And we're just busy, 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 busy. And we just don't, we, we don't stop. And so, you know, what, the thing I love about this is it allows me, you know, to do one task at a time and to do it with as much energy and attention and awareness as possible. Right, and you know, uh, uh, one that I use a lot, and you know, I've I've been in I've, in one way or form or another, I've been a salesman. You know, that was that was my corporate side of things, um, for for twenty years, right? Yes, this is an incredibly powerful tool to mindfully engage in a sales conversation. I.e., if you were if you were somebody that I'm selling to, yes. so I yeah. I know the questions that I'm going to ask to to uncover your needs, right? So, yes. I, and but the thing is, I ask them. And then I shut up and I listen, right? So it does a couple of things, a couple of key things. The first one is that it engage, engages me to you, right? So it, it, will, it will help build rapport. It will make you more likable. It will help you build your relationship simply for the fact, and, and anybody can agree, right, that, you know, when somebody pays attention to you, you know, like there, there is a, it's a better exchange, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you're saying meditation helps well, again, especially in sales, 
build rapport with well i think you know it's not especially sales i think you know that's because that's my that's my line of you know that's my line of work if you're a manager it will allow you greater empathy you know because you can you'll be able to understand without forming all of your you know we build all these different frameworks around you know what's going to happen you know or or typically so you know if you have 20 staff working under you and, and you have this situation comes up and then okay well this is what happened right and this situation comes up again and oh okay this happens again happens a third time and you've already formed that sort of you've already that formed pattern, that yeah. pattern yeah um you know and you, but and you're starting to already judge things before it's really happened right so it really allows you to be open and not not necessarily take things down a certain path and what that does you know going back to the sales side of things is as you as you're even if you're selling the same product to the same kind of person you're asking that question and you might be again you might be expecting a certain response but let's just say for example you're not thinking about that set response and you're really properly listening there's going to be a little nugget a little gem in there that you wouldn't have picked up because you would have thought oh they're going to say this and that and the other and they say this other little thing you're like oh boom that's 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 my hook that's my that's my thing in the sale there there's there's my pitch so meditation helps you listen and be present yeah, a lot more. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, because I always, I I, I always thought, um, and I thought that's what you're going to talk about. Meditation being something that neutralizes stress. It's good for your your health. It slows mm. the heart rate down, brings down blood pressure, and mm. now the science is sort of validating a lot of what these ancient yeah. Indian dudes, you know, have been saying yeah. for thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's validating. Now, you know, uh, there was a study recently which says that you can look 15 years, you know, 7 to 15 years younger, mm. you know, after uh, two years of meditation. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty phenomenal. I mean, this is now science saying that. And uh, they're not saying it reverses ageing. They're just saying that... Um, Basically, with the stress that people are under, it's accelerating their age. Yeah. But meditation actually makes you can make you look seven to fifteen years younger. I mean, if there was a pill out there to take, <laughs> I think people would spend yeah. thousands of dollars on it, right, yeah, yeah. to get that same benefit. But meditation, it's free. Mm. You can do it anywhere, right, as mm. long as it's comfortable and, yeah. and you're and warm. But yet, people don't do it. And this is my my current self talking to my old self because yeah. 10 years ago I would not sit still for 2% of my day mm. to make the other 90% 98% you know yeah. for me to perform off the charts mm. and I think I look back and say that was freaking insane yeah. like now I think I'd gladly give up 2% of my day to yeah. boost the other 98% of my day so I go back to that question why do people not persist with meditation when it is so powerful so powerful at work, as you just highlighted, but also yeah. so powerful to our health. Mm. And when we say uh, work, you're talking about relationships, with, which also could mean personal relationships with friendships, Absolutely. partners, yeah. your kids. You know, a lot of parents actually, you know, will hear their kids but are not really listening to what they're saying. They're right. just going, uh-huh, mm-hmm. I've seen parents do that because yeah. they're not really present, you know. So can you convince people listening to this <laughs> podcast now – yeah. Well, tell us, you know, talk to me, my old self, why I should devote ten to twenty minutes in the morning and ten to twenty minutes in the evening, or is it, or is it just once a day? Why should we do it? Why is it so important for us? Well, I think you, you know, you've put yourselves. You, you, yeah, I mean, that, look, <laughs> the, the thing is that this is me in you know in my early years as a teacher is is yeah. really trying to get it's it's hard, right? It's very hard, you know, and I think coming down to it. There are so many studies. There are so many studies on a range of different benefits, of many of which you've, you've touched on from a physical point of view. Yes. You know, stress is a big thing and, and that sort of side of things. But I think, you know, I think it's important to, to, to say it's hard, right? It's very hard, but we're also coming up against a very different beast in our mind, Right, you know, yes. we, it is, and so meditation is hard. Meditation is hard, and yeah. I, like you know, when I when I when I was building up my own practice, man, the shit that I did instead of meditate, you know, like oh well, I better go change the batteries in that, you know, like it, you, yes. you come up against an incredible force, and a lot of the time we haven't spent any time going, you know, we haven't spent any time. It's like a torrent. You know, a, a torrent of a you know a flooding river, right? Of thoughts, and it's a, and when you first look at it, it's like, 
whoa, okay, you know, and it, and sometimes just over, as we were saying before, it's really overwhelming. Yes, um, you know, the what I tr- what I try to do, and it, you know, it's 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 hard to get people to commit to do this, and I understand, like you know, and it's one of those things. It's not like I'm a I'm I'm fongy. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a trainer, and I can't show here's a before and after. Because, you know, how do you show happiness in, in, in someone or someone writes testimonial? It's not the same as, you know, if somebody had a, med, you know, a great fitness formula and they're like, six weeks, here are all my clients, right? And they looked like this before and now they look like that. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's yep. very visual. And, it, you know, we live in a very material world and it's a tangible sort of thing. This is more subtle. It takes, it takes time, but it also takes – the interesting thing is you've got to turn up, but you've got to, you've got to really put the effort in. And so that's why, you know, I, I talk about finding your why. First of all, you've got to have a really strong reason why you want to do it. And a lot of people, yeah. unfortunately, that gets to the point where they have a nervous breakdown or they're like, you know, and a lot of time, anxiety is a big one. You know, like, and you know, we all, I've suffered from anxiety. And it's horrible. It's crippling. Um, you know, but these sort of things. Yes. And, they, and they reach a point where they go, well, I can medicate myself. Or they'll go, oh, you know, eventually some, some people are like, oh, well, you can meditate, right? You know, because... Anxiety is a thought-based thing. If you weren't thinking about things, you wouldn't be anxious. Yeah, and the irony as well is that when you're in an anxious state, it's even harder to uh, That's right. meditate. That's right. Because yeah. your prefrontal cortex shuts down. You go into your limbic brain, the reptilian brain, yeah. as they say, where it's all, you're just driven by emotion. Yeah. And emotions are very mm. difficult um, to control. Mm. And uh, so... Ha- but yeah, well, so you're why you're saying people have to hit ground zero, basically. Well, no, no, I, they wouldn't. I, I'd it, say, I, I, look, I'm a really logical person as well, and I, I could, you know, I could appeal to the logic side of things and go, look, is the same before, you know, perhaps our human experience isn't that different to, you know, what what we were thousands of years ago, for example. We've been doing this practice unceasingly for thousands of years. What other things can you tell me that we've been doing? In a, in exactly the same, it hasn't changed. The, the practice hasn't changed at all. One constant. It's stayed right, yeah. the same for thousands yep. of years. So I go, mm, well, logically, maybe that's something that might be worthwhile. Right? Oh, now science is actually showing X, Y, and Z. Oh, it might be just be worth, might be worth doing. Might be worth just like dipping the toe in. You know, like yes. just just logically, just run a thought experiment on that and go, okay, well, what what are the what would be the negatives of that? Oh, okay, so I'm going to just spend some time just sitting there. Um, you know, just focus on my breath, relaxing, right? I'm just going to relax my body. And that, that's what I I always, pretty much exclusively now, and, and whether it be my own practice, I always get myself into a space from, you know, and like body is soft because we hold so much tension in our forehead, you know, t- shoulders up tight, hands clenched, that sort of thing. Just get yourself to that state for a start and see if you feel better or worse than you did when you started. Yeah. Right? You know, I go, okay, well, I probably feel a little bit better having just done that. Or, you know, whether it be sitting at your desk, do you feel better or worse after taking three long, slow, deep breaths? Okay, so you probably would feel better, right? You know, there's, I don't know how you would feel worse. Maybe people sort of, you know, as soon as they get there, their anxiety starts to, you know, like, yes. you know, that's scary <coughs> for people, right? Um, that is scary when you turn it on, you know, when you turn it into yourself and then, as I saying, things become really heightened. But the scary thing is it's doing nothing. It's continuing to do nothing. That's a lot scarier. Yeah, well, I was having this conversation with uh, Dr. Guy Winch, who's also on our faculty, and um, he said behavioural change is the, the toughest thing. And that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. aren't we? Yeah. And this is why I like systems rather than motivation for behavioural right. change. Yeah. Uh, because, um, you know, one behavioural change could be, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start running five kilometres, you know, every right. every morning at 6am. Yeah. And then um, but people rely on motivation to do that. So I'm going to, you know, motivate myself and I'm going to watch pumped up videos on YouTube yeah. and, and um, you know, two or three days later they, they stop. Mm. And so if meditation is a behavioural change, if it's something that you want to infuse into your... They, um, you know, um, how do you do it? And for me, it's systems. And yep. uh, that's why I believe in, you know, the systems of four rituals, five habits and six yep. life hacks that, uh, that I live by and I, I teach because uh, once it becomes part of your daily ritual, a habit, mm. you're going to show up, yep. right? Because yep. it's now hardwired 
Exactly. But to to get to that state, you you do require willpower, don't you? You do. Yeah. 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 It's it's crossing that barrier. Uh, what uh, scientists call the line of automaticity. Yes. And I think you've heard me talk about that yeah. before, where something goes from the conscious mind, where you have to consciously say, okay, it's, it's time to meditate, I'm right. going to meditate, yeah. to the subconscious mind where you just wake up and automatically go and sit and just meditate mm. because, hey, I'm wired to show up. Yeah. And uh, that sounds a bit, you know, sciencey or maybe even mystic, you yeah, know, sure. about rituals and habits. But it's what we do at work every day. That's right. We come in and repeat the same rituals and habits. That's right. And so why not rep, uh, uh, you know, replace some of those mm. you know, work habits with life habits that are going to serve you? Yeah. And uh, so the, how I've infused meditation in, into my day is by – so um, I wake up, my first ritual is to put my runners on and go for a, right. a walk, a jog, or a run, yep. right, depending on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm then what that, that tends to do, it tends to neutralise your cortisol and adrenaline that spikes in the morning. Mm. And it replaces them with uh, dopamine and serotonin, which is a little bit more calming. So when I do sit down to meditate, yeah. I'm a little bit calmer. And calm body equals a sort of a calmer mind. Right. So it, my monkey brain's yep. not so out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now I've, I do that, and after my meditation, I journal. Now... I've repeated that so many times that it's become, yeah. you know, a, a ritual. It's it's something I do without thinking, morning, and and uh, and at night. So I'm just sharing that just to help people, I guess, uh, figure out how do you infuse meditation? How do you overcome all these objections in your mind? We say you're too busy to do this, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, I digress a little bit. The next question I want to ask you, and the one that I've been asked by some people, and that is, I sleep really well for eight hours a night, so that's my meditation. You know, that resets me. Why do I need to meditate on top of that? Mm. You know, how is meditation different to sleep? Because uh, sleep gets you, you go into, you know, deep sleep. Right. You know, and uh, a lot of good things happen in our body when we're in deep sleep. Yeah. But does meditation go deeper than that? Let, let me let me ask you this: Do you? What's the last thing you do before you go to sleep? You're thinking. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? You're thinking. So you, you're you know if you sleep for eight hours, that's sixteen hours of constant thinking, right? So yes. that's you know that's you're not you're not doing any time to actively do the opposite. So that's that's what it is. It's not a passive practice. It's an active practice. So I'm actively mm-hmm. spending time, however long. It doesn't matter whether it's two minutes or two hours. I'm spending time. And, you know, I look at and one of the big whys for me is like I just I get so bored of listening to myself of this this rhetoric in my head, right? You know, and I and so I, I practice yes. because I don't want to. I don't want that to control my life, right? Yes. You know, so I, I'm I'm doing this practice because. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to realize that I'm not my thoughts. And it's a really powerful realization to have. It's like, it you're is, not your thoughts yes. because when you, when you practice meditation, you become more, much more and more conscious and you can, you can choose whether, whether to think a thought. So whether it be a good thought or a bad thought, you know, you're sitting in meditation, whether it's a good thought or whether it's a bad thought, it doesn't matter. You just let it go. As soon as you recognize it, you let it go. I like that. So you are not your thoughts. Yeah. So you're the essence witnessing your thoughts. Is that in meditation? Is that well, yeah. I mean, you you just see you're the conscious observer, right? Or what, however, however you want to put it. You know, I'm. You, people can take whatever, however they want. You know, in, in terms of that. But yes, yes, yes. You know, we we are. You know, that's we could go into into deeper sides of those. You know, that sort of thing. Like, you know, spirit or a soul or whatever it might be. But um, you know, we. I think you know. Frame it this way: your mind is a tool. It's not. It's not the driver in this thing. It's a tool that we use. We need a mind, right? We need to be able to think, you know, creatively. We need to be able to think. However, however you you want to use it, you know, this is this is a tool for life. The mind is a tool. It's not that you know we we, in you know whether it be in Buddhism or whatever like that. It's like basically you know you're you're going from this this craziness to actually taking control, you know, and me for me as my practice goes along. You know, the biggest thing is is that I've, I've had ter- a terrible recurring negative thoughts, you know, negative, 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 negative. Mm. And I realise, like, you know, you, you just – and 
you know your your life goes where your where your energy goes and you know your thoughts determine that yes so if you don't yes, put yeah. that under control if you don't rein that in then you know you you're, you're just leaving things up to you know and again as soon as you go into that practice and see it you realize you're leaving it up to a lunatic right there is <laughs> it is complete lunacy in our That's mind right. like you know it's it's yeah. it's so random some of the stuff i'm sitting there i'm like where the hell did that come from you know like all this sort of stuff that. and then guess what we start acting it we, but we, we we respond to that you respond to that in in a physical way you know in a, in a chemical way and that yes. sort of thing so it starts with thought it starts with that so it's you know i say to people you know if you're listening if you're not and if you're not into it or, or you haven't considered it is you know you could train your mind it's there for you there's people that have been doing it successfully for as long as we've recorded anything right yeah and if the science is telling us hey it'll make you look younger it'll make you connect with people a lot better yeah. it'll make your mind sharper yeah. it's uh reduces stress reduces your blood pressure um you know there's so many like there is a cascade of chemical um uh triggers in the body that happen when we meditate mm. that makes it you know one of the most powerful you know things that we can do uh, in the day and um you mentioned earlier uh, uh, about the, the mind. Um, now, science is now saying that most of us uh, are living in the left brain. So our mind is really, uh, we talk about the mind as in our thoughts, but biologically it's controlled by this thing called the brain. Yeah. Right? And our brain has two hemispheres, left brain and right brain. So the left brain is analytical. And the left brain tends to live in the past, Right. And and the future. Right. Yeah, so it's always processing information yeah. from, the, from the past to determine what we're going to do in the future. Okay. And so they're saying because of our busyness, 90% of people are living, their thoughts are from the left brain. Okay. Um, and what meditation does is it shifts the balance back mm -hmm. to the right brain where the present moment is. Mm. And the right brain is what does all the creative thinking you know, the right brain is, um, uh, you know, what helps you connect with others, like you said earlier, you know, because we are completely present. Mm. Um, and uh, it was interesting that when people are meditating, they did an EEG on them and that showed that when they meditated, both parts of the brain started lighting up. Right. <clears throat> and then there was an equal balance, mm. whereas before the EEG, before the meditation, people were predominantly firing in the left part right, of the brain. Right. And the both parts of the brain are connected by this thing called uh, corpus callosum or callosum, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like a sheath that's white sheath that connects both parts of the brain. It's like right. the bridge between them. Yeah. And this part of the brain is thicker in people that have meditated for many, many years. Right. Now, this is exciting stuff, and I like the science, mm. and I know we, we t approach meditation very differently. You're in the practice yeah. and you're an expert. Uh, I like to know the science, and I think a lot of people listening uh, like the science because if I don't understand the science, I just won't do it. Sure. But when yeah. the science starts telling me, hey, this happens, mm. then I think, oh, I've got to take notice of this. You can't ignore this That's stuff, right. you know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, well, it's, it's quite interesting. It, it is know. interesting, and it, it is interesting as you say that. There's actually a, um, there's a, there's a, a pranayama technique called um, Nadi Shadasana, which is, is an, it's called alternate nostril breathing. Yes, I've learned that, and I do that. And that, the goal is to balance yeah. your head. You know, and, the, and the goal is, and, and again, the yogis knew this thousands of years, is that they balance, it is simply to balance the left and right hemisphere of the brain. Can you demonstrate that? Uh, it's really simple. So you... Uh, so what we do is we close off. Look so it's into like, that camera. Right, okay. Right. So it's simply so the, it's like climbing up a mountain and then climbing back down, climbing up a mountain, climbing back down. So we inhale. So we can just use our we use our thumb and our two fingers to block off our nostrils. So we inhale and usually just for a count, kind of count and breathe at the same time. Oh, I can. I can sort of a count of six it. and then you simply block that off. Exhale out for the same length of time and then inhale up. Same length of time and then block that nostril and exhale out, out the, the same length side. of time. That's one loop. Now, I do this um, because I'm obsessed with efficiency. I do this when I'm actually uh, hiking or if I'm doing a, oh, yeah, a jog. Okay. 
Are you, can you do it any time or you have Absolutely, to be? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's no, no rules to this stuff. That's the thing, yeah. you know, there's no rules to it. And that's incredible, this particular practice. So what is it called, Ian? It's called Nadi Shadasana, or alternate, alternate nostril breathing. We'll just call it alternate yeah, nostril yeah. breathing. There's some, really, there's some really cool things. There's a great book. It's called The Science of Breath, um, and it's from Yogi... Ramacharakara or something like that. I can't, yeah, not, not very good at pronouncing it, but it's a phenomenal Thank God we book. have Google these it's days. A, Yogi, what is yeah, it called? It's, it's, it's called Science, Science of, breath. of Breath. And you can actually get it um, as, a, as a PDF free on the internet. Um, and it's got these incredible breathing techniques. Don't you just love that, how people <laughs> yeah. share things freely on the internet? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I just love that. And, I, you know, uh, a few nights ago I was at a dinner party and I said, you know, I'm sick and tired of billionaires so-called millionaires, mm. um, you know, trying to sell me something on the internet. And I'm thinking, yeah. if you're so freaking wealthy, why do you need to send me this pro- sell me this <laughs> yeah. program or this book or what have you? Yeah. So it's really, really refreshing when people share things openly. And you get, and that, the, you look, get this, uh, that had, tends to happen a lot with uh, meditation. Yeah, uh, that, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because um, that's what that's what gave me my, my first experience. And, and we, we just briefly touched on it. Like my first class was at a Buddhist center it was free, you know. There was no, you know, you, you gave a donation if you, if you wanted it, wanted to. Lovely people, and then I, I found awesome. another, you know, I found another teacher, yes. um, Stephen Sturgis. He is incredible. He just he ran classes on a Tuesday and Friday night out of his house. He was from a, a lineage which I'm initiated into. It's called Kriya Yoga. Um, there's a guy called Paramahansa who's now long long past. He's a he's an Indian. Yogi, very, very famous, Paramahansa Yogananda, wrote a book called Autobiography of a Yogi. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard of that he book. Bought it, he, bought it, he bought yoga to the West. He was one of the very first people who set up, set up shop in California um, to great success. And uh, this guy, Stephen, and he's a, a really accomplished author in his own right. Is he Australian? Artist. No, he's, a, he's from England. Yeah. Okay, yep. So I used to go to his house, and me and like a few people, and he would just run these, uh, we'd do... We'd do a meditation, we'd do a bit of chanting, we'd do a bit of it, and then we'd have a cup of tea and a chat. And he was, the, you know, I wrote about that in my book. I was like, he was the guy that I was like, I know that this particular path is good because of him. Because he he was the most gentle, kind-natured person that just gave. He just gave, and he wanted nothing in Beautiful. return. Yeah, And he just yeah. had this incredible, uh, incredible, uh, you know, um, yeah, sort of aura around him, and he was just yeah. You could just tell that he that he that he he embodied these teachings. He embodied those sort of things, and it was good. Yeah, you know, that was the yes. thing. And I, I think that's what we're we're really bereft of people like that, especially in the place like you look at, you look at the eastern suburbs, and you know, like because I've had a lot of experience over there with you know yoga teachers, and it's it's really bastardized. Like that sort of stuff is like it's not it's people out for themselves, and you know, like I'm. I don't want to paint it with a whole whole brush, but we we really miss and and I think the good thing is is that there are amazing spiritual teachers that come to um, you know that come to Sydney. Yes, there's a woman called Amar who's very very famous. She was here like a week or so ago. Unfortunately, I, I didn't go and see her. But you know, it's really important. I think as we go as you go into that journey is to is to find people that have have fully embodied it. And then you get this whole different experience. You know, a lot of corporate people like myself or, you know, main, let's call us mainstream people, mm. they see those sort of uh, events or those sort of uh, yeah. people as mystical and it sort of keeps us away. Yeah, yeah. But now yeah. that the science is reinforcing what these people are saying, mm. I, I think a lot more are paying attention. Mm. And, you know, you know, 10 years ago... I wouldn't be open to going something yeah. like that, but I so would now yeah. because of that giving nature. They have there's no strings attached. They're not they're not making money out of you. No, they're not no. doing anything. They're yeah. just basically paying, you know, their way for the venue and some refreshments, and they're just giving all this amazing, you know, uh, thought leadership. Yeah, you know, with no strings oh, I, attached. I love it. I, I went to uh, there was this this Buddhist guy from. Um, there's a great. Um, it's called Meditate in Sydney. There's a. Um, a Buddhist organization. They've got they've got good marketing. They've got pamphlets all over the place. And I went to one of their speaking uh, one of their speaking events. There was an English guy as a monk, and he he spoke for ninety minutes. I was on the edge of my seat. He was so funny, like he was hilarious. But at the same time, he just wove in ancient teachings, 
to modern, you know, to modern situations. But again, like, so logical. You know, the yes. the thing is, yes, it's yes. like you can you can run thought experiments. You know, he runs thought thought experiments on happiness. You know, situational happiness. Well, I'll be happy if X, Y, and Z happen. That's so, the left brain. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, like, the, and then you go, well, logically, you can't you can't bank on that. That's not true happiness, yes. right? You yeah. know, and, and the way he, you know, he explained it so well, and it's like, oh wow, it's just like a, you just leave feeling so, you know, energized, and and you you feel like, oh wow, okay, there's people that have thought about all of these things, the problems that I'm having in my life, you know, while they're unique to myself, they're not new, right? You know, yeah. there's not many new new problems, right? We all suffer with loss, we suffer with, you know, the the feeling of scarcity or you know loneliness or what whatever whatever it yes. might be, right? You know, and there are people. There are people that, out of the goodness of their own heart, out of really pure teachings, have solutions out there. Yes. Um, and I guess that is the thing. And that, that's again, this is why I think what you're doing with the high branch is going to frame it in the right way that people can come in, and it's 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 okay. Like you know, we're not going to have a little like dot put on our head as we walk in the door, <laughs> or we're not going to have to namaste or anything like that. You know, yes. like it's you know, it's it's just about going. Hey, guys, everyone's you know, everyone struggles. And that's, again, the fundamental principle of, of Buddhism is suffering, right? Yes. We are, we suffer. So, therefore, we are in the, in the pursuit of finding ways to not suffer, you know, and then it's like, yeah, that, that's that's what the whole premise is based on. Or in, in some people's case, embrace embracing the suffering, which is a Buddhist principle, which is uh, manifested itself in one of the, an amazing human being on the planet at the moment, David Goggins, uh, <laughs> Uh, who is uh, attending and speaking at Upgrade Your Life 2020. so exciting, yeah. He's yeah. amazing. He's an incredible guy. And I, you know, I've listened to his book, and I, uh, I say listen because he actually talks in the book, and it's a bit of a podcast and a book all in one, which mm. is incredible. But he embraces the suffering, and I'm thinking this man has so much just innate wisdom mm. that uh, is uh, there in Eastern philosophies and Buddhism. Yeah. You know, in psychology, modern day psychology, in science, mm. but innately, he's just saying, embrace the suffering, run towards his suffering. That's how you neutralize it. That's how that's how you defeat it. Yeah, that's right. And it's that, uh, and it parallels to that same experience you mentioned when you first arrived in India and saw they had very little, but they were innately happy. Yeah. And most people don't realize how powerful that is, where they think, you know what, it doesn't matter what you do to me, I'll always be happy. Yeah. But Instead, most people are living in the, um, I'll be happy once I graduate. I'll be happy once I get the job. I'll be happy once I meet someone. Yeah. I'll be happy once I get that car. Yeah. I'll be happy once I buy the house. I'll be happy once I pay off the house. I'll yeah. be happy when I retire. And it's a fucking carrot that we dangle in front of yeah, us for our yeah. whole life. Yeah. Then we get to our deathbed and say, I've been unhappy my whole yeah, life. And everything right. that I've attained materially has amounted to zero happiness. Exactly. And I think meditation is something that is our escape from that trap, from that treadmill that we hop on where we're always chasing that carrot of materialism. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, it, and it's really exciting. And I'm excited because you're now going to embark on some in-house workshops in, in uh, uh, my other business, MSA National, and we have lots of eager people. Uh, you're <laughs> kicking it off today with a, a workshop on meditation. I'm excited as a business owner because I, I want to see what impact it has on their lives yeah. and how that translates to their happiness internally. And ultimately, if we're happy internally, our work's going to be great, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And look, I, I think um, just, just on that, we, we get to a point with our meditation. So look, and I'll just touch on this briefly. The first thing that we need, need to do is, is find quiet from our mind. And that's the first sort of objective that, w that we have with this practice. So, you know, we've spoken about that at, at length today in terms of, you know, you come up against this, this monkey mind and then, you know, gradually we, we sit, we let thoughts go. They come, we let them go. They come, they let them when go. When you say let them go, how do you, how do, you do that? Is it just re this, returning? This is, what we use, this, is what we, this is what we use a technique for, right? So it, it doesn't matter whether you're using, um, you know, just the breath. You might be using a visual image. You might be using a sound or what we call a mantra. Um, these, are, these are the anchors into the present moment. So it's something that's happening right now. 
That's the thing that we hold, that we just go back to because we need to put our awareness or attention somewhere. Yes, yes. But normally it's taken by our thoughts. It's taken by our internal dialogue. Yes. So we're really just, at the start, we're just practicing and it's almost like, um, you know, peeling back layers of an onion or, you know, it's it's been on a cloudy day and just slowly letting those clouds of thoughts yes. pass. The beautiful thing is, after that, that's when you start the real practice. That's when you really start to do the work. And that's when you start to get into observing observing the different structures that you've created in your mind. Right? So you start observing thought patterns. You start observing how you respond to things. So You, you become start, the observer, don't you? You really like, yeah. you, put, you put things up on an altar. You've, you've got to clean the altar first. You know, you can't just have like random thoughts coming all the time. You clean the altar and then you can put something there and then you can deconstruct it. You can understand, does this serve me? Or is this something that I can perhaps get rid of? You know, this these, is what's happening during the meditation. This is what happens. Look, this is what happens um, when you start to very much like during meditation. Maybe not so much, but when you're outside and you know you become stronger. It's not just the sitting, right? You become stronger in your mind outside of it. The sitting is just the you know the practice, and then yes. you know it, it makes your life so much better when you when you start to control these thoughts, and it's like. Something, something happens at work that would normally set you off and you get angry. It's like, okay, well, because you're creating a buffer between your thoughts and your reactions, because you're practicing not having your thoughts have so much control over you, you begin to understand, oh, okay, well, this is how I would normally respond. But I also know objectively, because I'm not, I'm not in this right now, I'm not heated, I'm not at that 10 right yes, now. I've I'm experienced still, that. Yeah, yes, right. Yes. I'm still not there. I go, well, this is normally happens and this is the outcome. Okay, is this a choice? Again, the same thing. Like if you're sitting there like in your practice and you're, you're, you've got your thought, you're dealing with your thoughts and you notice you start giving your awareness and your attention to your thoughts and it just starts to go down a natural path, right? Dr. Guy Winch, you know, we ruminate. You know, 95% of our thoughts are regurgitated. It's the same stuff. Yes. Same stuff over and again. It's like living in the past. Yeah, that's right. And we start to realize, yeah. oh, we, you know, and this is why, you know, you get into the study of neuroplasticity and, you know, we, we something happens. So this is a, 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 a purpose, you know, it's something that we need to have for our life, right? We can't, walk to a, we can't walk to a door and have to work out how to open it every time, right? We learn that and then we do that process, it becomes automatic. But that's the same thing with all our interactions. So whether that's your interaction with your spouse or it's your interaction with your colleague, yes. same environment, you know, something happens and we, we, we just go down through that well-trodden path. Yes. yes. A lot of the yes. time, this is how we start, this is how meditation, meditation changes your life, is it because it allows you to form new pathways. And that's, that's proven, right? You know, that is proven to be done at... At a, and at, a, at a level of your I, brain. I actually read a few studies on yeah. that, yeah, how it impacts neuroplasticity. Yeah. Yeah. So can you explain what neuroplasticity is? And we'll get on to uh, also neurogenesis, which is what meditation impacts as well. Right. Well, I mean, you know, neuroplasticity, essentially the way, the way that I interpreted it is that, you know, our, our, our brain is not set and we can, we can form new grey matter. So it's actually like a, it's, a, it's a moving and growing sort of thing. But we can either stagnate and do those same sort of things, or we can allow our brain to form these new the, these new pathways, which helps us learn new things. Exactly, yeah, and, and it also helps us, us respond differently to the same situation. Because if you're having and you know if something's falling down, and I use it again in sales, you know if I keep doing the same thing and I'm not getting the yes. results, I've got to change that. But I might as well give myself a tool to help me change and form new pathways. Because I'm not so attached to that particular thing. I'm less attached to yes. it. Yes. Wow, that's, that I'm, is really powerful when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. This is, this is the thing. It's, it, and, you know, and it's not just for one thing. It's for yeah. everything. And neuromeditation also encourages neurogenesis, which is the formation of new brain cells. Mm. And uh, there is a, a study at the moment which hasn't been published, but it's in progress where they're now... Um, aligning the uh, the cause of dementia and Alzheimer's with um, people always, uh, you know, living in the past, uh, not doing new things, yeah. and uh, living in their minds. 
right. rather. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, so meditation completely neutralizes that, brings you to the present. So when you're always thinking in your left brain of the past and the future, you're not mm. present, mm. it's switching on uh, certain proteins which cause plaque to build up on the, the prefrontal cortex, which then causes dementia and Alzheimer's, whereas yeah. meditation that brings you into the present mm. actually um, encourages that plaque to be cleaned out of the brain. Yeah. So this is another, you know, uh, once the science is actually proves it and publishes it, it will be fascinating to yeah. say that you can actually reverse dementia and Alzheimer's by forming new neuro, uh, new neuro pathways from meditation. Again, I go back to if there was a pill that you could buy, yeah. you know, uh, imagine someone who's 70 who's a you know, multi-millionaire and said, if I give you this pill... How much would you pay? They'd probably be give up all their money for it, yeah, right? To right. have their yeah. old mind back to reverse dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm. But if we can learn meditation and infuse it into our daily ritual, mm. what a powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, that's you know? right. And it's not like, I mean, I think maybe some people are like, oh well, you become like this sort of like non-emotional sort of robot or whatever. It's not, it's not that. It's bringing choice, more choice into it. So Choose whether to enjoy that lovely memory that you have. Choose whether to let go of that negative thought that doesn't serve you. You know, it's about taking control. <clears throat> it's about taking control of those things, and you know, and not just leaving it up to this 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 whimsical, you know, side of things. I, I totally agree with you. My experience is that uh, it engages my right brain a lot, mm. and I'm a lot more enthusiastic and a lot more passionate and intense. So I'm actually anything but dull. If mm. It's stress that makes you dull. It's um, uh, you know I was on a Jim. I was listening Jim Quick podcast, and one of his speakers, I forget who it was, said, uh, you know, stress makes you slow, sick, and stupid. Right. And a lot of people who don't want to meditate say, uh, I, I I like stress because it fuels me. But the science is telling you it actually makes you stupid, right? <laughs> and meditation neutralizes stress and it makes you smarter. Yeah. Again, I go back to, you know, is, you know, 10 to 20 minutes in the morning and 10 to 20 minutes in the evening mm. worth you being a high performer for the rest of the minutes that yeah. you have through the day? And yeah. it, the, the answer is absolutely yeah. yes. It's, it's important for people to realize, especially if you've never done it before, it's doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that at the start. You know, it's like do three minutes of, of breathing or whatever it is. Like just make a start. And the thing is, is you'll get to a point where you go, wow, this is making a real difference. Yeah, I started with five minutes. Yeah. You just, you, <laughs> you just, all you need to do is it's the same thing. It's like if you were, if you'd never run before and you were, you were training for a marathon, you wouldn't just, you, you wouldn't have one little run and go, oh man, this sucks. I'm, you know, you, you have to gradually build up to it. It's a really good analogy because as you know, I'm a runner yeah. and that's how I started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah so, and that's how Goggins started as well. You know, his story, I heard, heard it on um, the Joe Rogan podcast. It's phenomenal. His story into running and things like that. It's crazy. But you know, that's, we've just got to understand that, you know, I, I think, you know, say to people, trust, trust in the fact that it's been around for so long, um, you know, enjoy the process, you know, and don't do too much too soon because, you know, you'll, you'll get turned off. One big thing that I always talk about is rituals, and my, you know, which you've, you've same you've time, about. same so, channel. That's that's what yeah, gets yeah. me to show up. I mean, up. Yeah. but also, you know, create some good stuff around it. So, you know, like if you like to run, or if you like to Yin Yoga is really good, like stretching and things like that for you um, before you sit. Um, gratitude practice, um, forgiveness, whatever it is at the end is, is really great. But bookend your practice with things that because you have shitty practices, you'll have ones when you're like, oh my god, you know, that sucked. But you're in the in, in the inverse. You have you have ones where you're like, I am I'm I'm a god. I am a god, and you like this is the most amazing experience of my life. You know yes, those yes. ones. Those ones are the ones that keep you going. But it's like golf uh, as well. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, that yeah. Bad yeah shot, you that you one shot. Go. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's exactly the same thing. It's just um, you know just trust in it that you know that people have been doing it for a really long time, and it's just one of those things. Just gradually build up. I don't think you know if someone goes in, you know, these Vedic meditation teachers are like. Yeah, here's your mantra and do two, 20 minutes twice a day. I don't know what their success rate is for that because if you've never done that before, it's too much. Right. It's too much to bring into your life yep. like that. So softly, yeah. softly, just, build, just, up yeah, build up. Build up, build yeah. up and get into it and have a nice experience in it. You know, that's when you'll start to go. When, you go when, you, when it clicks, when you have this moment, you're like, 
Oh, right. Okay. And you feel really good and, you know, you have a nice experience and you'll notice that and people might notice that you're a little bit calmer or, you know, a little bit happier. Yeah. You know, just start to just just keep on, just keep on keeping on and that, and that sort of thing. <laughs> That's when I started persisting with it because other people start to notice. So, you know, my wife is saying, geez, you're a lot calmer, you know. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. like, uh, and it's not that I haven't experienced those challenges. My kids as well, you know, my daughter – uh, who noticed a difference right. in me, and then, and that's my big why. My big why is always my kids, you know, my family, my wife, yeah. and when they started noticing uh, the change in myself, because not as I said, not that these same irritating things didn't happen. It's just with meditation, I started noticing, hey, I'm irritated now. I've got a choice. How am I going to react? Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the difference for me. It's just like in meditation, you bring your thought back to mm. the breath or back to the present when you have an irritating moment yeah and that's pr- that's every day in yeah. the corporate world right yeah um uh, it just helps you say okay now let's bring it back and that's yeah. the magic it's that's bringing right. it back and not because a lot of people don't meditate because they think oh i'm still feeling you know i still go through shit and you know i still yeah. get irritated yeah that's not the point it's not going to fix your whole life yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. just going to give you another tool for you to be able to react in a different way that's that you right. wouldn't have normally. Yeah, so you right. become the producer, director and writer of what's going on rather mm. than being in the picture itself because most people lose themselves and they become an actor. Exactly. But yeah. we're not. We're sitting and watching yeah. something we're creating on the big screen, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do um, um, what I call mindfulness meditation. Yeah, what do you do? What, folks, so so uh, talking through what you sit, you sit down and... Well, in the morning, uh, I do the um, uh, pranayama meditation at night okay. to relax. And that's basically focusing on the breath. I might put my hand on my stomach and just feel it rise and fall and count in odd numbers or even numbers. Okay. Um, uh, in the morning, for me, it's visualization meditation. And I'm not trying to quieten the mind. I'm actually using my mind to visualize what I want in the day. Okay in the eight areas of life. So it's in health, how do I feel like, look like, how am I going to work out, what am I going to eat, how am I going to interact with um, my wife, with my children, with my colleagues. I completely visualise my perfect day. So do you follow <clears> a, <throat> a, a script, like you go through love, what, what, you know, all the you know, charity, well, do you do, you do yeah, that or do you sort of follow do you, so you have, stru- you, you have structure around that as well, though? Yeah, it's a framework. So I follow the framework right. of a higher branch. So, cool. And I know, you know it starts with health, you know, my relationship with my partner, family, work, friendships, learning, wealth and charity. So if it's charity, for example, I'm visualising myself helping the new person that just started. Right. Um, uh, uh, or it, that's typically, you know, my version of charity or calling a friend that's starting a new business and helping them giving them some legal advice or some financial advice. Um, So I visualise my whole day before it occurs. And, you know, I I call it, you know, manifestation meditation. Sure, yeah. So it's trying to manifest. So most people use their, you know, their creative imagination Mm. to imagine the worst that can happen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, well, it's not a faculty we're given to us by accident, just like, you know, our taste buds or our sight. It's given to us for a reason. So I use... I try and control the creative imagination to visualize what I want. So that's the morning. At night, it's pranayama, it's the breath. Mm. I've never done mantra meditation, yeah. and I believe that is the one that builds the corpus, you know, uh, colossum, which is the bridge between the left brain and the right brain, yeah. and which gets you to a state that's deeper than deep sleep. So when you come out of meditation, you feel like you've had 20 hours of incredible sleep, right? Mm-hmm. That's what my reading, this is my theory. So this is for my research. I'm not a meditation coach, yeah. you know. I'm not a, uh, so uh, I'm just sharing with you intellectually what I know about it. For sure, yeah, yeah. And my practice is very simple. If I'm feeling really good, I'll go 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, and most of the times it's like 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, yeah. I don't time myself. I don't right. – li- um, it's not a guided med- meditation by anyone. Mm. Um, how do you sit? Do you sit? How, how do you do it and physically? I, I sit, yeah. yeah. So it's typically, you know, a comfortable seat. Uh, yeah. And uh, sometimes I'll turn the palms up in receiving, yeah. in receivership. Mm-hmm. And uh, – but uh, it's – yeah, I first – 
I first basically close my eyes and, and hear everything, the sight and okay, sight yeah. sounds yeah. around me just to... Just mindfully come into the practice. Yeah, and then I imagine myself where I'm sitting in this world, in this room, in this suburb, in this city, in this continent. That's cool. It's like zooming out, right? Yeah. And then I go into... Because uh, I'm a big picture person, so I like to visualise that. And then, then I bring that attention inwards to my body, you know, my back touching the, the back of the chair, yeah. how I'm feeling. It's very similar to how I, how I lead, lead people into a lot of meditations like that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Shall we do it now then? Yeah, let, let's do Go it. So we'll it. do um, – so I'll, I'll just uh, – we'll, in a shortened version, I'll just, do, I'll just share what I, what I do for my – so I'll, I'll normally just do Beautiful. it I'll, my, yeah. for my sitting. And, and so I use, so I use, the, I use the body and I use, I use a mantra as well. So we can introduce that. So um, – just one last thing as well is is because uh, I, I I like to sit for a longer period of time. Like I'll sit for forty five minutes, and it's good just because re- you really you know let things go. I wouldn't it wouldn't be possible without my cushions, like my proper cushions. So this is called Zafu and a Zabuton. You should really get one. They're, they're great because it just allows you to sit more comfortably. No, I'd love to. I'll write that down. I'll, later I'll send you, yeah, I'll send you a link. But it, it does um it does really help. And, and I'll does, send everyone else a link as well. Cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Happy to. Um, yeah, because it, it does really help. You know, it's good to sit with the spine. I, I know I'm sort of like um, laying back here, but um, it's nice to sit with the, with the spine straight up, you know, and because when you go into some deeper practices, there's a lot of different things that you do, right, um, you know, right. pulling energy from, you know, the base of the spine to the um, tip of the, the tip of the crown and okay, and that, that yep. sort of thing. So they're, they're really strong. Like there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of like the Kriya practice I do is that. Um, a lot of kundalini and, and that sort of thing is all about drawing energy up the spine. So having a nice straight spine um, and then letting everything else just like go. I really focus on letting everything else. So we'll move into the practice now. So it's really, it's really about... Um, so when do you recommend this practice? Morning, uh, night? For, imagine the person has to wake up, be out of the, uh, their home at 7, 7.30, go yeah. to work. So once they get to work, it's sort of like a that's yeah, an off-limit yeah, yeah. zone for most yeah. people. So is it? I think, get, I think you when you, if you've never practiced, home? if you've never practiced before, do it first thing because you'll get to a point where because it's is hard, you know, for a lot of the reasons we've said today, those really tough reasons, um, you're dealing with the mind. You'll find a hundred different excuses not to do it. Do it first thing because then you've got it out of the road, and you build it up. So I, I do it before I go to bed now because it, it just puts me out like a light, and you know, it's just also like to do it at times when it's calm, you know. Not during the day when there's a lot of noise. Apparently, you know, the best times are sun up and sundown because, like, the, the the world's quiet at that time normally, sort of thing. So I actually do it before dinner. Yeah. So whenever I'll, works. There's no rules. Again, there's yeah. no rules. But the reason why I find that is helpful is stress tightens up a lot of your digestion, and I find when I then go for a, yeah. I repeat the morning rituals, right? So okay. Movement. I go for a run, mm. meditate, journal my feelings for the day. Shut the journal, and then I can digest my food after that. You know, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah that's what yeah. works for me. Yeah. yeah, I think just yeah, take take a look at your, you know at your situation. Where where do you have a, a short window where you where you less less likely to be distracted? Um, you know, and just making sure that you don't just keep it really positive around, especially when you're building up a practice. Keep it really positive, right? Don't have it. Don't be like, oh my god, I've got to go and do this now. Like, you know, if you're there, it's like. It's very unlikely that you'll continue to do it. You know, you yeah. want to be like, okay, hey, look, you know, I can do, I can put five minutes aside. I, I've got twenty-three hours and fifty-five minutes to let my mind go wild. I'm going to just dedicate five minutes. <laughs> first <laughs> I like thing that. I do when yeah. I wake up, you know, when I wake up in the morning, yeah, just yeah. that, you know, and, and then just have a really nice agreement with it, and you know, and just slowly build up, and then start to see the things. So, yes, first thing in the morning, if you can, if it's possible, if the kids are running around and like screaming for their breakfast or whatever, it's probably not the best time. Even at work, you know, go and sit on the toilet for five minutes or whatever if you really need to. But um, plug in, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Put earphones on yeah. if I'm on a plane. Ab- oh. Absolutely, yeah. But um, don't do it when you're stressed. Like, so if you're like, oh my god, I'm so, and then you got don't don't do it then. You do it before that so you don't get stressed. Well, but actually, that's why I do the exercise first because the exercise neutralizes cortisol and adrenaline, yeah. which are the stress hormones. Yeah. And that's when I find meditation. I tried the meditation first thing in the morning, just would not work. Right. But as soon as I flipped it and said, I'm going to exercise first, come back and then meditate, 
nirvana. It was just yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, beautiful. Yeah, that's right. And you've found yeah. your ritual that works. And, you know, every everyone is different. That's why I think, you know, explore it, you know, experiment with it. Bookend it with things that you like to do and will make your body feel better, would make you feel better about yourself. Um, you know, or maybe it's your, your favorite cup of tea that you that you delay till after the practice or whatever it is. So yes. you're just, you know, you're creating a ritual that works for you and you're building all of this good goodwill around it. That's why, like, gratitude is so important, I think. You know, like, just to frame, you know, frame, yes. you, you, you know, it, it, you're always going to feel better for that. I'm so glad that our journeys uh, crossed many years ago and yeah, we've right. been um, in touch ever since. And I really want to thank you for um, your time today and for your generosity of spirit because I know you care deeply for others and uh, know the challenges that happen in the corporate world. And just want to thank you on behalf of everyone in our community and everyone that's listening here today for your time and generosity. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you, Sam. Awesome. And um, that's all for uh, today's podcast. Thank you for your time. Uh, I know you guys, uh, time is a precious resource uh, and we'll always honour your time with uh, content of extreme value. And until next time, live consciously, my friends. I'll see you next time.